Well, good morning, everybody. For those of you I do not know, my name is Mike. It's an honor to welcome you back to North Star today. Would y'all give each other a round of applause? It's so good. I sat over there, this is honest truth, I sat over there and cried, looking around, seeing you in the room. This is a lonely room with nobody in it. It is a lonely room. We haven't had a crowd in here in three months. It's been crazy, so we're so glad you're here. If you're still tuning in today, which is awesome, we are so glad, no matter where you're watching from, Ackworth, Kennesaw, West Cobb, Paulding, or maybe Harrison and Danielle watching in London, we're so glad you've tuned in with us today. We're going to continue our series. Uh, on the fruit of the Spirit. Little did we know when we lined all this up how pertinent it was going to be for our journeys and how much we were going to need the words that Paul had to say in the book of Galatians. Remember, he said that these fruits are love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness. Aren't those things that we want to see in everybody's lives? I mean, those are the things that make you enjoy being around people and make great marriages and make great relationships, and those things are not things that you just put in up here, right? Okay, I'm going to learn to be patient, or I'm going to learn to be good, or I'm going to learn. No, they're all things, and I want you to write this at the top. If you got your app out today, your North Star app, if they are received, they are not achieved. These are not things that we work to make real in our lives, but rather they are things in our lives that when we walk with Jesus daily, these things begin to come out of our lives. And I love how Jeffrey said it. Goodness is one of those words. I think kindness, we have a really good picture of what kindness is. I think goodness is one of those words that we really don't know. Look, look in your outline today. In Greek, goodness means uprightness of heart and life. Uprightness of heart and life. Literally meaning we not only do right things, but we do right things with the right motives, right? So it's one thing to, have you ever done something right, but you did it for the wrong motive. You did it because somebody was noticing or somebody was watching or you knew you would get a raise for it or you knew you would get a pat on the back for it. Well, this uprightness is meaning there is a goodness that is there. So here's the definition we're going to use so to help make sense for everybody today. Goodness is desiring what's right and doing what's right regardless of the cost. It is not only desiring what's right, it's doing what's right, no matter what it may cost me, no matter what may be involved. And I think it's one thing to do what's right when everybody's doing what's right. It's a whole nother thing to do what's right when nobody else is doing what's right. And then you throw in the caveat, no matter the cost, no matter what it may cost you. This goodness is something that when it's apparent in a believer's life, it begins to be noticed and change the people around them. You know, I think it's so easy to look at a story and to go, wow, I don't know enough of the Bible to ever measure up to that, or my mom and dad didn't raise me in this, or I came to Jesus late in life, so I can't be these things. What I love about Paul writing the word goodness is Paul <laughs> had every reason not to be good, right? I mean, he had every reason for goodness not to be a trait of his life. And the story we're going to read today is another character who could have been labeled as everything else but good, but yet 
he had an encounter with Jesus that changed his life. So if you got your Bibles, turn to the book of Luke, Luke chapter 19. If you don't have your Bible today, the app that you have been using all during this time, Take that app out and go to uh, North Star Church, Georgia on the App Store. If you're watching online, you can also see it there on the web. Uh, you can see the outline there. And we're going to work together through this passage in the book of Luke. So we know that Jesus had been on a journey from his very first day to Jerusalem. Three and a half years, he marched and everything was leading to the cross he, at this point in the story, is about 15 miles outside of Jerusalem in a little town called Jericho. Jericho was a bustling city at that time. They had a, um, they had a, a tree there, a, a, a balsam tree, that was like their major thing in the economy, and it created this balm that was very popular and helped them raise a lot of revenue and make a lot of money, and they were a, a big area for getting goods in and out, which means there was a lot of money that flowed in and out of Jericho, all right? It's an important part of the story because there's a guy there that was benefiting from this money flow in and out of Jericho, and his name was Zacchaeus. So maybe you grew up and you went to a vacation Bible school, or you uh, heard the story of a guy named Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus, we know what kind of man was he. He was a wee little man. When, and wouldn't you, if you were Zacchaeus, wouldn't you like that left out of the story? Why did they have to put that in there? All these years later, I don't know how tall Zacchaeus was was, but evidently Luke thought it was important for it to be noted that he was small in stature, okay? But the story of what happened in Zacchaeus's life is powerful because he has a transformation that happened. So I want you to read with me Luke chapter 19. So work through the story with me. So it's really interesting in Luke 18, Jesus enters this town named Jericho. Outside of the city, there was a blind man. That's where they would beg outside the city. His name was Bartimaeus. Remember the story of the blind man who was hollering out because he couldn't see, and he kept yelling, have mercy on me, have mercy on me, and he's screaming it, and Jesus stops, and he heals him. Well, he not only heals this poor blind man, he's about to do another healing. Luke chapter 19, verse number one. Jesus entered Jericho and he made his way through the town. You know, he's got his entourage with him. He's got his disciples that are going with him. And there was a man there named Zacchaeus. Now, Zacchaeus, but this was big back then, Zacchaeus meant pure. So typically your goal in life was to live up to the name that you were given. Zacchaeus was anything but pure. His motives weren't pure. His actions were not pure. The way he made a living was not pure. He was the exact opposite of, so even today you'll see people name their children biblical names and, and they'll want that biblical person's character. And so Ann and I wanted to do that. And so we thought Casey at the bat. That's in the Old Testament. But anyways, and so, but back then that's what, you're, you're supposed to laugh there. But anyways, so that was, that was the thing of Zacchaeus. His name was pure, but he wasn't pure. And he lived in this town. Then he tells us one of the reasons he was known in the town, he was the chief tax collector in the region and he had become very rich. So you need to know about this about tax collectors. They were not liked by anybody, all right? 
Number one, he was a tax collector, and he was the chief, meaning he was the guy. He was at the top of the pyramid of all the other tax collectors, meaning whatever the other tax collectors made in the pyramid all funneled up to Zacchaeus, all right? So he's not good because back then they could say, hey, Mike and Ann, why don't you come over here? You owe me 30% today. There was not a law that they were doing. They made up the laws. And so he would just excise this tax. And you got to remember, they were selling this balm in this region. So Zacchaeus was making money. He was making money on the people that were trying to earn a good living. Zacchaeus was making money off them. And he had become very, what does the word say? Rich. So you had Bartimaeus outside town, ain't got nothing. And you got Zacchaeus who has all the things, most likely most of it was earned from very impure motives and reasons. Pick up the story. He tried to get a look at Jesus. Interesting part of the story. Try to get a look at Jesus. Um, really what it said was he was trying to see who Jesus really was. That's what it meant. It's not, not like, oh, I want to get a peek, see how tall it is. That's not why he, he wanted to get a peek at Jesus because he wanted to see who he was. Was he really what he had heard that he was? A healer. I mean, he, he had probably heard the story of what happened with Bartimaeus outside town. He tried to get a look at Jesus, but he was too short, <laughs> poor guy, to see over the crowd. I hate it for him. All right, here we go. So he ran ahead. And he climbed a sycamore fig tree beside the road for Jesus was going to pass that way. Now, that's interesting. Time out. Look at me. It's interesting because, number one, men never ran. Number two, not only would men not run, rich men paid people to get out of their way so they didn't have to run. But he was so interested in Jesus, he ran ahead of the crowd, he climbed up a sycamore tree, and you're like, sycamore tree? How do they climb up a sycamore tree? Well, North Americans, sycamores, and these sycamores, very different back during this time in the Middle East. These would grow up to 50 feet tall, very different than the North American one that we know today. But we know this about Bartimaeus. He wants to see who Jesus was. He's short. He can't see. So he runs and he climbs the tree. When Jesus came by, he looked, I want you to underline this little phrase or highlight it there in your app. He looked up at Zacchaeus and called him by name Zacchaeus. All right, big part of the story. Zacchaeus had come to see Jesus, but what he didn't know was Jesus had come to see Zacchaeus. Jesus coming through down that day was not an accident. He had a name and a number for why he was there. Bartimaeus was first on the list. And Zacchaeus was second. Look at, look at the story. Zacchaeus, he said, quick, come down. I must be a guest in your house today. Nothing like inviting yourself over, all right? I must be a guest in your house today. Zacchaeus quickly climbed down. He took Jesus to his house in great excitement and joy. But the people were displeased. See, one of the reasons people hated Jesus was because they hated guys like Zacchaeus. Look at, and they tell us why. He has gone to be the guest of a notorious, what's the next word? Sinner. 
So he, he wasn't invited. He didn't go to the mayor's house. He didn't go to the pastor's house. He didn't go to the rabbi's house or the head baseball coach in town's house. He went to Zacchaeus' house. I mean, you, you, you didn't go hang out with Zacchaeus if you weren't one of his crowd. Meanwhile, while they're stirring and mumbling and grumbling amongst themselves, Zacchaeus stood before the Lord and said, I'll give half my wealth to the poor Lord, and if I've cheated people on their taxes, I'll give them back four times as much. And Jesus responded, salvation has come to the house today, for this man has shown himself to be a true son of Abraham, for the Son of Man came to seek and to save those who were, what's the last word there? Lost, and Zacchaeus was lost till that day. So what happened? What happened to radically change this guy's life? It's not like he's starting at second base to score. He's in the bleachers spiritually. He don't have a clue. He ain't even on, he ain't in the batter's box spiritually. But there was something about Jesus that captured him and something about Jesus that changed him. You got something to take notes on this morning? I want you to write down three, three things. That goodness happened in Zacchaeus' life because number one, he met with Jesus. We got to meet with Jesus. Radical. He had every intention of seeing Jesus. He just didn't know that Jesus would see him. All right, here's the deal. Until you get to the point you understand that God not only knows who you are and he knows everything about you and he loves you anyways, your spiritual life will not begin, period. Or it will stay on hold. See, we think goodness comes from doing. No, 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 no. Goodness begins with meeting. He met with Jesus. See, Zacchaeus, he'd probably planned out his day. This guy doesn't make a lot of money by not knowing what he's doing. He knows the people he's going to stop on the road, and he knows the people that have the most money that he can tax the most. He's got his day planned out, but from 12 to 2, he knows, I don't know if it was 12 to 2, but Jesus is coming through town, right? He's got it all planned. He just didn't plan on Jesus seeing him. He just planned on seeing Jesus. When we can ever reach the point that we understand Jesus didn't just pass through earth to see the world, he passed through earth and he came to earth to meet me. Can you imagine how different the story would be if Jesus had just come through town and Zacchaeus had stayed in the tree? It wouldn't be a story. Oh, well, oh, yeah, I remember hearing about a guy named Jesus. No, 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 no. All of us can remember that time when we found out he was talking to us. Zacchaeus. It was like the crowd wasn't even there. We don't know. I mean, this isn't so Jesus wouldn't make his living in evangelism because you get paid in evangelism for how many other people come to the house. Jesus just came for one guy. He came for Zacchaeus. And he came for you. But it begins with a meeting with him. I love how it's captured when Jesus came by. He looked up at Zacchaeus and called him by name. There's something about people knowing your name. He called him by name and he said, Zacchaeus, 
pure. I want you to come down. I want to go to your house today. I don't know what it was about that statement, but it was transformational in Zacchaeus' life. Because that day, he got, he came to meet with me. I want you to write out beside that or write under it. I think in, when you're typing in personal, it became very personal, this visit. Goodness flows from a personal walk. So I met Jesus in 1984. But here's the deal. If I only met him in 1984 and I didn't meet with him yesterday, the, the nature of the growth in my life is going to be the time I meet with Jesus Right? That's the deal. It doesn't change as you get old. You don't get saved and, hey, we're home free. No, 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 no. You come to know Christ and then you begin to grow. And you don't grow in your relationship with the Lord. You don't sit down and read his word so he loves you more. You sit down and read his word so you can love him more. Right? So goodness flows from that meeting with Jesus. But look at number two. We admit what needs to be changed. What I love about the story is Jesus didn't go, okay, Zacchaeus, all right, can we have a little private meeting? Come, where's your dining room? Let's sit down at the dining room table, and let me tell you all the things that are going to have to change in your life. What I love about this story, the power of this story, was Zacchaeus owned up. See, the crowd said he's going to be the guest of a notorious sinner. That's how they all knew him. But here was the catch to the whole story. Zacchaeus saw he was a notorious sinner. He admitted what needed to be changed. That's the power of the story. Isn't it interesting that Jesus doesn't go, okay, Zacchaeus, here's all the ways you've wronged me and here's all the ways you've wronged people. That never happens in the story. What happens in the story is Zacchaeus goes, Jesus, here's all the junk in my life's got to change. Not only do they say I'm a sinner, they don't know half of it. They only know my actions. They don't know my thoughts. I want you to write down the word self-reflection. David said it this way in the Psalms. He said, Lord, search me. Take a spotlight. Examine my heart. And if there's any wayward way in me, show me and I'll change. That's basically what David said. Zacchaeus did it. See, goodness didn't flow from something Zacchaeus was going to do. Zacchaeus' goodness began to flow in Zacchaeus' heart because he met with Jesus and he looked inside and said, I don't want to be that guy. Isn't it funny that this circumstance in this day is what led him to finally live up to his name? So he probably was probably mid-career. You didn't become the chief tax collector out of the chute. Right? He'd probably been doing it for a little while. We, we use a little phrase here all the time. And the phrase is, it's never too late to start doing what's right. And Zacchaeus is a picture. Number three, and when you do, do more than the minimum. See, <clears throat> Zacchaeus knew that um, I got to make this right. See, goodness is very closely lined with the word integrity. That's the word we're all very familiar with. See, integrity isn't doing what's right when everybody's watching. Integrity is doing what's right when nobody's watching. 
Nobody's there to see you. Nobody's there to follow you. Nobody's there to monitor you. And you still do what's right. That's integrity. Zacchaeus knew that I got to do what's right. And I, love, I love how he said it in the story. Meanwhile, Zacchaeus stood before the Lord and he said, Jesus never said a word that was captured. Zacchaeus said, I'll give half my wealth to the poor Lord. And if I've cheated people on their taxes, I'll give them back four times as much. It was a happy day in Jericho that day when Zacchaeus was showing up people's houses going, man, I cheated you, I robbed you, I owe you this money. Zacchaeus, man, what's up? You sick? You not feeling well? No. If I'm going to follow him, my life, my action, and my words have all got to line up. I always know when somebody's ready to change when they're ready to make things right. That's how I know. Daniel on our staff does a lot of counseling. It's really easy to pin somebody down on the things they've done wrong, but when they walk in and they just go, dude, here's where I'm at, and I don't want to live like this. i got to make this right. Then you know, okay, they're ready. That's where goodness flows out of, right? Integrity flows from not what I've done. Integrity flows from what I'm going to do. So maybe you're sitting here today and you go, man, Mike, um, my actions and my words don't match then that word goodness is not a fruit in your life. So one of my biggest fears, and I've said this for all the years here at North Star, because it was, it, was, it was the kids, my kids going, what dad says and what dad preaches are two totally different things. It's a fear. Because it, that will thwart others' journey. Y'all do know most people don't go to church, not because they have a problem with God, but because they have a problem with people who go to church. Y'all do know that, right? That's why they don't come. Well, now they hadn't come for a lot of other reasons. But the reason before, when life was normal and they didn't come, they, they just were like, yeah, you can tell me that, but I know them. I see, yeah, they sing it, but they don't live it. Their business dealings don't match it. And then you meet somebody who does, and people go, I don't know what it is, but they're just different. See, the fruit, these fruits that are listed in the Spirit, they're not things we achieve. They're things we receive by walking with Jesus every day. Just think, this is Zacchaeus' first day walking and look at the change. I wonder what changed at home we never knew about. I wonder what changed with his family we never heard about. I wonder what changed in some relationships when he sat down with people and said, I need to tell you, I am not only ripped you off, I said this about you, I'm sorry. Now, here's the crazy part. The people in town, I guarantee you, didn't go, oh, look at Zacchaeus. Oh, I trust him now. Nope. They still didn't trust him, probably. But Zacchaeus' heart connected with God's heart, and it changed everything. Some of us, we say, man, God really convicted me. Okay, what do we do with it? They convict us about something we've said or convict us about someone we've hurt or convict us about, well, don't just do the minimum. If he convicted you, and I love that word conviction because it means to grab. If he's grabbed you, there was a reason. He never convicts us of something he doesn't want us to change. I'm telling you, the part of the story I've never thought about, I've heard this story since I was a, 
a, a wee little boy, right? I've heard this story my entire life. Part I've never thought about, Jesus never brought up the things that needed to change. Zacchaeus knew. The light, woof, went in on Zacchaeus. Jesus never said a word. Integrity flows from not only knowing how God feels about me, from knowing how I feel about God and walking in it. Would you pray with me? Maybe today you're listening and you go, man, Mike, I, uh, mm, I'm a believer, but I can't say I'm walking it. And Mike, there's some areas in my life right now that don't line up goodness, integrity. I, I can't say are there. Man, would you just take a second and talk to the Lord about it? Maybe it's a talk you need to have with somebody else later. and Just say, God, I want to be obedient. I want to do more than the minimum. I can't handle how they're going to handle it. Maybe, though, you're watching and you're Zacchaeus. You tuned in today to get a glimpse of Jesus. In the middle of our time, he called you by name. And you knew it. Man, that Holy Spirit's just tugging, pulling on your heart. And you gave, man, Mike, today, I'm sitting on my back porch. I'm sitting in a boat. I'm sitting in a ball field getting ready to watch a doubleheader. And it's like Jesus called my name and said, I want to come home with you today. Well, you can. I'd love to introduce you to him. It goes like this. Dear Lord Jesus, I need you. I believe you lived for me. I believe you died for me. And I believe you rose again just for me. Come into my heart, Lord Jesus, and be my personal Lord and Savior today. If today you prayed that prayer, Scripture says, that he came home with you. Romans tells us just to cry out to God and he hears the cries of our heart. Welcome home. You're why we're here. Jesus, thanks for meeting with us. Jesus, thanks for stopping and saying our name. Now, we may, may we live out our life with this fruit being evident in our lives so we can look more like you every day. It's in Jesus' name that I pray. Amen.